Paleo Hackers. Happy Thursday. I am Clark, your host of the PaleoX podcast, brought to you by paleohacks.com. I am super excited for this next call. Here today, Vince Delmani to talk about building muscle, nutrition, and uh, business, building your fitness business online. He's had a lot of success with that, so we get his take on the end. There's three muscle building tips in here that will blow your mind and totally change the way you work out every single day at the gym. And actually, we get into how you might be able to build more muscle with less weight using certain strategies. I think Vince was talking about using eight pound weights where he used to use 48 pound weights or something. Paleohacks.com is the place to be. Check out our articles, our recipes, um, all this different stuff over there. If you want to get a hold of me, Clark at ClarkDanger.com is a great email to reach me at, as well as my YouTube channel. You can go over to Clark Danger Fitness. We got lots of health hacks, more personal development stuff over there, but we're definitely expanding into all kinds of areas. That's all I got. You ready for this week's call? I'm ready for you to hear it. Let's go hear what my man Vince has to say. Paleo Hackers, with me on the other end is my guest, Vince Delmani, best-selling author, pro fitness model, contributor to Men's Health, ESPN, Bodybuilding.com, and many more. Here today to talk about his mission to transform a million skinny guys and gals by the year 2020, helping them build muscle without drugs, bogus supplements, or eight-hour training sessions. Vince, my man, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, my man. It's a pleasure to be here. So this is the time where I kind of tell the audience uh, how I found you and, and, and why I brought you on the show, and um, and then I'll stop blabbering and, and let you get to it, because we got a great show. I'm really excited for what we're going to dive into. But uh, I was, I think I was in high school in 2006 or something, and when you started posting your YouTube videos, which was unheard of there, there was no youtube videos out then and i started following them and got great results and uh became kind of the muscle guy at my high school and huh. said this is what i wanted to do and took that into college and uh i joked that i learned more from your channel and your products in the four years of college than my uh kinesiology degree so wow. uh, <laughs> it's amazing it was a thousand times cheaper too you know? No kidding, eh? That's crazy. And the information's 10 times better now. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, you know, I, I, I think the one thing uh, I got the most out of wasn't like your fitness stuff, but was your book recommendations. And, Interesting. And you recommended the four-hour work week to me when I was 18. And I read that thing and said, this is, this is it. This is life right here. And so oh. I, uh, I really started applying it. And that's how I got this gig on the show. And uh, that's why we're talking right now. So it's kind of full circle on that. That's cool, Clark. Well, one of the things my father taught me when I was young was that you can read your way out of a rut. And I can see all the books in your uh, in behind you there. You can see I got my own little collection too. And I've got them divided in three sections. I've got all my uh, fitness books over here. And then right behind me are all my spiritual books, all my personal development books and then on the uh, left over here are all my business books. So, um, you know, yeah, kind of like the Tim Ferriss kind of books, yeah, Seth Godin and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I see the Tony Horton one back there. Do you see that one? Yeah. yeah. I won't lie. There's a lot of books back here I have not read, which just goes to show the secret to writing a good book is what? A good title. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very true. Why do people buy books? The title. And uh, anyways, there's a lot. I mean, I wrote a book this year, so uh, it's coming out later this year. So, you know, I have to think a lot about that because the truth is people buy books, but a lot of people don't finish them. Right. Yeah. It's like 90 percent don't make it past the first chapter. Mm -hmm. um, is your book on fitness or business or both? Yeah, I'll tell you. I haven't actually uh, really told many people. It's called Living Large, A Skinny Guy's Guide to No-Nonsense Muscle Building how to gain your first 30 pounds of muscle in 30 weeks with DTS training. And uh, we'll get into DTS training a bit later. It's based on the most cutting edge muscle building science. Okay. So uh, that's a pretty bold claim. But it is positioned towards the guy just getting started. You know, not the hardcore advanced guy who's been in the gym for 10 years. Would it benefit them? Absolutely. But, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. So the business book will come in about a year and a half. Okay. 
Because I know, um, I know with just getting started, it can be overwhelming. You know, you got so many resources, so many different blogs. Everyone's got a podcast. Everyone's got a YouTube channel. It's like, who do you listen to? Yeah. And so I'm curious with you going back to your story and knowing some of it. I mean, you weren't always the fitness model kind of ripped up uh, guy who could write a muscle building book. You were quite the opposite. Um, tell our listeners kind of how you got started and, and I guess your story. Sure. I went to the University of Western Ontario to get a kinesiology degree, which is just a different way of saying exercise science. And uh, I was a former long distance runner. I grew up in uh, a running home where my father was a runner and my brothers were runners. I uh, did triathlon at a very competitive level. I even uh, competed at the world championships and represented my country. I've competed at you know pretty much every level in endurance sport, track and field, and I pretty much found my identity in running as a good runner because I got this nickname in university, uh, which it sounds funny, but it was like, dude, man, it, it it kept me up late at night. You know, I couldn't sleep. People used to nickname me Skinny Vinny. <laughs> it sounds cute, right? But like when you're when you're an insecure college guy, that's not what you want your buddies saying to you around a lot of the hot girls. Right. You have an interest and you don't want to be nicknamed Skinny Vinny. So, you know, university, I happen to live with uh, eight dudes that were I kid you not, these were the guys guys wanted to be and the girls they wanted to be with. And uh, sorry, the and the uh, the guys the girls wanted to be with. So, the, the influence of muscle really rubbed off on me in a very visceral way. And uh, I associated all these things these guys had as being, you know, directly related to their muscle. Yeah. They were confident. Uh, they got what they want. They demanded respect. They were just, they were, they just had something that I wanted. So I always had this fascination with muscle in, in university, but because I was a runner, I couldn't really pursue it because obviously, you know, my, my coach used to say, you're fat if you're over 135 pounds as a male, you know, come in at 136 and he says, oh, you had a good summer, eh, Vince? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I grew up in this world where muscle was the enemy. You don't want muscle as a long distance runner. It slows you down. It doesn't make you run very fast. So, so what we, um, so anyways, this thing was always on my mind and after university, make a long story short, I got into the fitness industry because I had this fascination with coaching people and helping people transform their bodies. I, and um, I um, started off a career as a personal trainer after four years of university education. I spent 50 grand on a university education to end up working at a, at a local YMCA for $10 an hour. And I, um, you know, it's funny because my father was like, are you going to be a personal trainer when you're 35? <laughs> it's a good question because I was 22 and, uh, you know, he was like, is this secure? Is this fitness industry real? Like, you know, you know, he was really skeptical of the whole thing. He wanted me to wanted me to be a teacher and get a secure job, you know, get something, you know, that, you know, guaranteed paycheck summers off, you know, set hours It's like, that's the life. And I had this thing with the fitness industry. I'm like, no, there's something here. I was fascinated with helping people transform their body. And that's when my real journey began. When my, um, when I was done university, I hung up my running spikes, my eligibility was over and I pursued this fascination with building muscle and, uh, basically figured, you know, what would happen if I put all the same effort I put into the gym or sorry, into my, into my running into the gym, if I just, you know, stopped running, started eating and started lifting. And, uh, that's what I did. I was also very incentivized to transform my body because when I started, I didn't look like a personal trainer. I was 149 pounds. Hmm. So who wants to hire a scrawny, you know, looking runner. Right. So, uh, that, I had a number of motivations. I transformed my body, um, within those first six months and it was a pretty dramatic transformation. I gained, you know, 40 pounds, um, 40 pounds of scale weight. I went from 149 to 190, 41 pounds to be exact. Now I don't have a, I didn't have a DEXA. Um, I don't know exactly what percentage was muscle and fat, but I still had abs from the start to the end. So I assume it was pretty much all fat free mass that I gained. So, you know, that was just like for my own personal goal. That wasn't for like, you know, business reasons or anything. I wanted to get more clients and that, but I wasn't the, the whole internet. That was in 2002. The whole internet world, you know, wasn't even on my mind. It wasn't even on my radar. Writing a book wasn't even th something I even thought of, but you know, 
after I transformed my body, I started seeing all these extra benefits. I saw it, it became like a stepping stone to getting all these other things. I started experiencing some of those things my roommates had. And I gained a, a, a very, a genuine passion for helping skinny guys. So I kind of became the skinny guy expert in my gym. All the young kids came to me and said, Hey Vince, can you help me gain 30, 40 pounds? You know? And, um, I was doing it very differently than what you would find on YouTube these days or in the bodybuilding magazines. And, you know, guys like the simple approach the you know, what I eventually branded as no nonsense muscle building. It was my no nonsense approach to building muscle. And I give full credit to somebody I learned all this from. So, uh, you know, we can talk about that a bit later too. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much where it started in 2002. I was a trainer to 2005. I wrote my first ebook, No Nonsense Muscle Building, simply out of a demand from people asking me, you know, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? How'd you do it? And then obviously, who doesn't want to make more money? Who doesn't want to have a side income? I discovered the internet. I saw all these other websites, guys who were basically marketing their skinny to muscular transformation stories, selling an information product. And I was like, I can do this, but I didn't know anything about the world of internet marketing and how to get into that. So yeah. that's when I started looking into that. I launched my book and then, um, you know, within two years, um, the book was having more, I was making more money, let's put it this way, online working part time than I was uh, as, a, as uh, working at the gym. Um, full time as a trainer. And that's when I knew, you know, this is what I ultimately wanted to do. I never wanted to have an alarm clock. I really wanted to see how far I could take this. So I quit my job. Uh, that was back in 2008. Um, I was about, I think, 26, 27 years old. And then I just, you know, head down and uh, I just started building my team and just was, uh, you know, I've been online. Like you said, I, had, I started the YouTube channels actually, I think, in 2008. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was one of the platforms we use. So, uh, you know, today I have over 12 people that work for me full time. And, uh, yeah, we've just really doubled down on the skinny guy market. And uh, it's it's pretty cool because it's like my dad asked me, are you still going to be doing this when you're 35? I'm 36 now. And, uh, and uh, I have no, you know, I'm still looking forward with this, you know, helping the same people because there's just still, like you said, the goal is to help a million people build muscle the natural way, the no-nonsense way. So, uh yeah, so I guess that's where we bring it brings us to to, to today. To today, it's crazy, man. You know, I, I really think in the fitness world, kind of your body is your resume, and and people look to you to see if you've done it and if you walk the talk. And so having kind of that story of seeing your college roommates call you Skinny Vinny, and then packing on the forty pounds of muscle, writing a book, and then helping other people do the same, mm-hmm. you're really able to kind of show people it's possible. And I think. Um, I guess the question I want to ask is what are what are skinny guys and skinny girls doing or need to do differently than maybe the everyday person? Why do they get their own specific uh, niche or attention? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about metabolism. Uh, we could talk about limb length. Uh, you know, we could talk about just genetics. But, you know, really what I found is that you know, muscle building for everybody, even if you're an advanced guy, even if you're a, a pro bodybuilder listening to this call, no matter what level you're at, even if you're a grandma or if you're a teenager, you know, muscle building, what I think I've done really well is I've just really simplified things down to what actually matters. And, you know, people really are overwhelmed these days with information. So, you know, I'll kind of break it down like two of the biggest things, you know, when it comes to building muscle, there's the physiology aspect. So mm-hmm. when I say physiology, I mean the program design aspect. So the exercise selection, the reps, the sets, all that stuff, the things that influence what happens. So, you know, in 2010, Brad Schoenfeld came out with a study that revealed the three different stimuli, things, the mechanisms that stimulate muscle growth. And um, it was really refreshing for me because it really just simplified what works and what doesn't. And now that we know what works, anything you ask yourself about like, hey, should I do this? Should I do that? You simply stack it up against the science. And what he found was that the three mechanisms uh, that contribute to muscle growth are mechanical tension, muscle damage, and metabolic stress. So, so what is that? It's, it's actually quite simple. So in layman's term, mechanical tension is simply lifting heavy shit. <laughs> you know, moving something heavy from point A to point, point B. So, so within your program, there does need to be an element of heavier training. So lower reps, longer rest periods, 
fewer exercises within the workout. And that's just one element. So whenever you hear people say, oh, all you need to do is get strong, well, it depends. It depends. That's just one piece of the puzzle. There's two other pieces that will help you get better results if you put it all together. So the other piece is metabolic stress. And that's simply the feeling you get within your muscle that comes from higher reps, shorter rest periods, giant sets. You know, that pressure you feel in the muscle, in the muscle, it feels like your skin is going to split. You just like have to, it feels like you can't escape. Is that the, 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 the pump? Is that the what pump. they call it? There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah, the, the, you know, the pump is a simple way to say it. Arnold. Uh, there you go. Arnold kept everything nice and simple. So metabolic stress is another key requirement to muscle growth. And then the final one is muscle damage. And this is one that a lot of people not ignore but aren't as familiar with and this is when we can uh, this is when we go to eccentric failure this is where we overload the stretch position of a movement we create a lot of muscle damage and uh, really emphasizing the eccentric portion of the movement which which is a portion that most people neglect um, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about tonight when you go to the gym just take at least four to five seconds to lower the weight while you release the tension off your muscle inch by inch, you're going to be extremely sore tomorrow and that's because you experience, you're going to experience more muscle damage. So that's a huge component. And, um, you know, when you take those things, if you take, if you, t- if you just write these out, you know, I'm a marketer, right? So I always look for ways to make these things catchy and for people to be able to remember them. So if you write out mechanical tension, metabolic stress and muscle damage, you'll notice they all start with the letter M. And if you take away the those first three words of each of those mechanisms, you're left with three words that all start with the letters D that start with the letter DTS. So that's where I came up with DTS training. So when it comes to the physiology of building muscle, we need to apply, you know, simply what I've coined DTS training, you know, so damage, tension and stress. Is that it? That's it damage, tension, and stress. So now that we know that, we can start building cool programs. So, you know, Living Large, my upcoming book, it comes out later this year. It's a 30-week program and there's three 10-week phases. And we simply periodize those three mechanisms over the course of um, 30 weeks. So there's a lot of creative ways to do it. I won't even say there's like a right way or wrong way. But the key, a lot of people say, what's better, heavy training or, you know, you know, um, you know, bodybuilding type training. Well, w- there's a whole nother conversation to be had on muscle fiber type because what, depending on your primary muscle fiber type, your body's going to respond differently. And, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, somebody who's more slow twitch in nature, somebody who could run long distances, uh, maybe someone who can't really jump, uh, you know, someone who's got more endurance capabilities, he'll respond better to say metabolic stress training because, um, because, you know, that type of training, uh, caters to the chemical lactic acid, which is another key chemical hmm. that triggers muscle growth. So, so he'll do a lot better with that kind of training as opposed to say somebody who's more fast twitch in nature. So, so while those three mechanisms are there, um, irrefutable for everybody, they could still be slightly customized to somebody's primary muscle fiber type. So if you look at somebody's program over the course of the year, somebody like myself should spend more time doing metabolic stress training than say mechanical tension training as where somebody who was maybe a sprinter in high school, somebody who could touch the rim, someone who can jump really well, they're, they're, you know, 12 month program, if they hired me one-on-one, we'd spend more time doing stuff that's around mechanical stress because their fiber type doesn't produce lactic acid the same way. So, so while these things are consistent, they can certainly be tweaked to the individual, but we're not talking like completely brand new ways of training. And that's what I find, you know, people are really like, okay, it's, it is, it's, it's simple, but it's not like crazy simple to where people dumb it down to just lift heavy shit and rest and eat it's like okay if it was that easy yeah. you, know, you know i wish it was that easy you know gotta lift uh, big to get big bro sure so so that's kind of like one of the things that you know i talk i'm talking a lot about these days the physiology aspect but before that which is even more important than the physiology stuff 
is the mechanics. And this is what I would say very little, if anyone's talking about, very few people, if anyone is talking about these days. Uh, ben Pikowski's talking about this and all, you know, his MI40 principles. And me and him learn all this information from a course called RTS, Resistance Training Specialists, um, which was invented by a guy named Tom Purvis. And essentially, it puts the science back into strength. And um, it teaches, it gives you a perspective on exercise from the inside out. So it gets you to understand what the heck is going on inside because a lot of people try and learn exercise from watching videos. They look at or they look at a magazine and you don't understand what's actually happening if you if that's your only way of learning. And that's how a lot of people get hurt. I got so many my, my yeah. customer base is primarily men in the 30, 35 to 60 age range because they've got banged up lifting the bro way and they haven't understand they haven't They've never been taught how to lift, how to curl a dumbbell properly. People might be thinking, what do you mean how to curl a dumbbell properly? I think, I think one of, sorry to cut you off, but I think one of the tips you had or, or Ben had was uh, when you're doing a back exercise, envision your arms as kind of hooks that are hooked onto the barbell and you're pulling. And every single time now I'm in the gym, I do that and I can feel the difference between just trying to like use momentum to, to jerk the weight up and actually that concentrated slow movement of trying to hook the weight and activating my back. So things like that is kind of what you're talking about. Absolutely. I mean, if and this starts coming from, this just requires a, a simple understanding of anatomy. I mean, if you think about it, are there any lat muscles that cross your wrist? No, there, no. So, 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 so really in, in reality, you don't need your hands to train your back. You, someone could literally slice off your hands and if you attach some huh. uh, straps around your biceps, around your upper arm, you could achieve, you could focus on, yeah, simply bringing your elbows back and inside, which is what's going to really activate your lats. So extension of the shoulders and then a downward rotation of the scapula. So bringing your shoulder blades together is what's going to shorten the lats. And that doesn't require anything from the hand. Hmm. Um, it actually doesn't even require anything from the elbow. But we say, you know, think about getting your elbow behind you because it's it's the part of the joint that's closer to um, the lat. So, so, yeah, when you have an understanding of anatomy, you can start thinking about, you know, one of the things I teach my clients is to always ask yourself before you do a movement, what's the goal of this exercise? What's the goal of this exercise? And it sounds like a simple question, but is it, you know, we can start breaking this down. Like if you're trying to build muscle, what we're trying to do is stimulate muscle tissue. All right, and to smash up and to beat up muscle tissue doesn't take a lot of work. But the problem is, is that most people don't know how to, they don't first of all initiate the movement with the working muscle. So like you said, they initiate the movement with maybe some momentum, they change their body position. So one of the things people at home listening um, can do tonight when they go to the gym is before you even start initiating movement, contract the muscle. Just contract the muscle and begin to fatigue it. And then once that muscle is engaged, once you can feel it, you know, um, shorten, tighten, then begin to contract against the resistance. The first thing people are going to notice is the weight might not even move. And that's your first indication that the weight is far too heavy. And that's fine. The cool news is, is that your muscles can't read any of the numbers on those dumbbells. Just the people watching you work out can. So you have to ask yourself, are you trying to have more of an impact on your muscles or are you trying to have more influence on the people watching you work out? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Most people go to the yeah. gym to have more of an impact on the people watching them than what's actually happening to their muscles. Sure. You're working out your muscles or your ego. Yeah, that's great, man. That's 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 so true. So, so one of the principles I teach, you know, I put this all under a simple term called mass mechanics. And you know, you know, mass mechanics. There's there's three principles, and I'll just break them down quickly. Principle number one of mass mechanics is the principle of ownership. And, and what this simply means is that you have to be able to own the weight, and we not we need to be able to own every single inch of the weight. Uh, one of my mentors taught me that control is the currency of growth. If you can't control the movement, then you can't challenge the muscle. And if you can't challenge the muscle, then you can't grow it. So the first question is, is do you own the weight? And you'll hear in my videos when I'm coaching guys, you say, own it, own it, own every mm. single inch. Don't let the tension off. 
And that brings us to principle number two is the principle of muscle disadvantages. See, what people don't understand, a lot of people are just unclear of what they're actually trying to accomplish um, because there's so many different people with great physiques out there doing it different ways. Muscle building is all about making things as hard as humanly possible. It simply needs to hurt. The muscle has to be in an extreme amount of discomfort. And muscle building is all about being inefficient. You don't want to become efficient. You know who wants to become efficient at what they're doing? Who? Crossfitters yeah. or powerlifters. And that's not that's not in a negative way. They want to learn, they want to be able to do more in less time because that's the nature of their sport. Athletes, that's that's what they need to be able to do. They have to sure. get the thing off their chest. They got to get as many reps done. They got to complete it in less time. They're they're chasing a different goal. That's why I always ask guys, well, what's your goal? Is your goal to increase performance? To see how many pull-ups you can do? Because there's a lot of cool things you can do with momentum and changing your wrist position and snapping your trunk to, to do a ton of pull-ups. Or is your goal to build your back? If you can't answer that question, then we're stuck. But if you can say, I actually just want to make my lats wider. Well, to be honest, the pull-up isn't even a great exercise. There's so many mechanical things in, that that are that are that present challenges to getting the lats short, and that uh, I mean it, it just it doesn't even make sense because as you're pulling your body weight up, the muscles getting shorter and your body weight's increasing. So it's like, how the heck are you even going to get up there while keeping a maximal contraction on your lats? So it's like the the pull up isn't even a good exercise to build your lats. So so when you start looking at things from a mechanic standpoint, you can start picking better exercises. And you start looking at exercise from a, a standpoint of like, you know, what here can help challenge the muscle tissue and what are the pros of this machine, the net cons of this machine and how can you start complementing different ranges to get muscles fully short and fully lengthened so that you don't overkill the muscle, you, you, you um, just stimulate it with as much stimulus it needs to make um, experience something it hasn't before. So. So, so I, I tell everybody, like, you know, I just spent six weeks at Ben Pikowski's gym in Tampa, Florida, and he's one of the top mechanics guys. Me and him study from the same people, and he was one of my coaches, and he really, you know, really brought me into this world and, you know, helped me start making gains with what I call literally baby weights. You know, if you watch me train, I'm literally using about the same amount of weight as, like, I would say little guys are, you know, are using in the gym, yet... You know, I'm 210 pounds, 13% uh, body fat, six feet tall most of the year. So, so is it how my, how's my body getting bigger when I'm working with baby weights? And, and what you have to understand before all the physiology stuff, execution comes first. Because if your execution sucks, as one of my mentors says, it doesn't matter how many reps you do if they all suck. Yeah. And the, the intensity, the frequency, um, all those cool things – they actually start to have an impact on your body when execution is there. Hmm. You know, I trained with one of Ben's trainers for the last six weeks and he was just like on me every single rep, you know, on, on, on a lateral raise, you know, initiate worth the working muscle, two second contraction at the top, don't let the tension off, control it, don't bounce out of the bottom, smooth transitions, I don't care about your range forcefully can squeeze squeeze the delts. I'm working with literally like eight pound weights for six weeks and my delts are looking better from week to week. I put a video up on my fan page just yesterday just so people want to see this. I'm working with my po post these videos every Tuesday, but they can see what this looks like. And I know it's not impressive. I know this stuff is like a tough sell. It's like, you know, you know, everybody's selling like, look how strong I am. Look how much weight I lift. You know, look at... Um, Look at me move this way. And, and, and I mean, heck, we could talk about that for a while, but it's like a lot of these guys are one, genetic freaks. Uh, two, they're moving the weight like a couple inches, so you better be lifting a lot of weight. <laughs> if, if, if you're, if you're going to do a leg press with, you know, 10 plates aside, uh, you know, if, if it's only moving a couple inches, you, you better have at least 10 plates on there. So um, it, it really just does come down to what is your goal. And I've got very clear on what my goal is. My goal is to build muscle the smarter way. And I don't want to 
be all banged up when I don't have to want to have to be wearing elbow wraps and knee wraps right. and and a whole ton of stuff. I don't want to have to take a 45 minute warm up just to do my first work set. And I've got so many people who are coming to me saying, Vince, I wish I learned this stuff years ago. I'm all banged up now. I can't do what I love to do. I, I've, you know, they've obviously stimulate, they, they've put more stress into the joints than into the muscle tissue. And you know what I, you know, I take pride in is like the way I teach guys how to lift is like we're doing the equivalent of most guys three or four reps in just one rep. And that's how we make the claim to get more from less because we're doing things properly. So this is what I'm really passionate about. I don't find, oh, one second. I turned the video off by accident. Um, I'm so passionate, I'm starting to hit my, my keyboard here. Yeah. So, so you know, that's what I'm passionate about. Guys come to my muscle camps, we literally cut the weight in half, and they say they had the best workout of their life, and then the next day they say, I'm sore just in the muscle I trained. Hmm. And, and they're like, and that's and it's like a fascinating thing. They're like, yeah, I'm always sore in these other spots. I'm like, yeah, because you're using other things to do X amount of weight with for X amount of reps, and your body doesn't care. Your body doesn't say, "Oh, good job, you lift you lift 300 pounds off the ground today." It only understands your your body speaks in one language. Like it only understands one language. Every other language you try and speak to it, like are those three? Sorry, three languages. I would say, you know, those three languages we, we just talked about: damage, tension, and stress. So it's mm -hmm. like if you're speaking any other language than that, you're not. You you really are. I mean, maybe unintentionally wasting your time. That's really powerful. I love uh, the concept of your body not being able to recognize how much weight you're lifting because again you know we're talking about lifting it what's the outcome what's the goal and if your goal is to build muscle then it's actually more advantageous if you can get the same result with a lower weight and you can do it for a lot longer uh of your life without being all banged up like you said or taking 45 minutes so, so what I, you're, you're exactly right clark and one of the cool things about this is that you know i know the guys that follow my work and you know anybody who's teaching proper mechanics, one of the coolest benefits is that they're going to be able to build muscle for a longer period of time. So I'm 36 years old and I'm still making gains. I'm confident that I'm going to look better when I'm 40 and 45 and 50 because I'm still going to be able to train. And where a lot of guys, you know, they kind of, I mean, I hate using this example, but like, I mean, you look at Ronnie Coleman and I saw him the other day when I was in Florida at, a, at an event and, and the poor guy, you know, came in limping. He can hardly walk. He's 41 years old and he's got two hip replacements. Hmm. You know, a lot of guys will say, well, that's what it took to win the Olympia. And, and I have to, I have to disagree. I'm like, does it, you have to sacrifice two hips to win the Mr. Olympia? Like, you shouldn't have gone about it a smarter way. And a lot of guys, those are their idols. And, you know, you look at a guy, you know, I hate to use this example too. You look at a guy like Branch Warren. I mean, the dude pulled his quad walking out, of, you know, get, walking from his car to the gym. I'm like, you know, 300 pounds of pure muscle and you pull your quad walking into the gym. I'm like, what's that all about? Yeah, not sustainable. It wasn't even working out. It wasn't even like he was saying, hey, I was, a, I was right at setting a personal bet. <laughs> so, so it's like, so yeah. So I look at everything from a cost benefit standpoint, you know. So Vince, we had some technical difficulties. We are audio only. Sorry about that, Paleo Hackers. But um, really good info before the, the break, we were talking about the importance of nutrition and how that ties into muscle building or just uh, diet in general. And I'm really curious your take on nutrition and its role with training specifically. All right. Well, there's no shadow of a doubt nutrition is going to help. But I'll challenge the status quo and a popular quote that I'm sure everybody everybody's heard, and that's you can't out-train a bad diet. Now, I will say you can do that up to a certain point. And you can – I've seen a lot of guys, including myself, get down to you know, 10 11% body fat with shitty diets. But they know how to train properly. Hmm. They train hard. Their execution is flawless. They know how to increase volume and intensity. They keep you know their programs very, very well designed, and they know how to get a lot of output from their workouts. And that's kind of like the joke in the professional athlete world too. I mean, a lot of these top professional athletes, their diets are horrendous. And sure, I understand some of these guys are genetic freaks, uh, but at the same time, it's like when I feel like people put more emphasis on nutrition. And they don't realize that it all starts in the gym. 
I actually heard the same thing with Michael Phelps that before he was going on to, you know, he's one of the most decorated Olympians of all time. I think he might have held the world record for most gold medals. He was eating Big Macs and McNuggets and like he was a McDonald's fanatic. And uh, it just kind of. It's funny because in the endurance world, I mean, I used to compete, you know, on the world level. I used to compete on the highest level and a lot of us did. And, and this isn't out of ignorance. I mean, and this was just more because um, – or out of like we, we thought it was better. We just actually didn't know any better. Um, I didn't even know what protein was. I mean I lived off of bagels, uh, pasta and, uh, you know, craft dinner. And we'd have McDonald's sometimes the night before a race. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's funny because you, when you don't know it, like you, you're in that state of uh, – naivetivity naivetivity i can't say that word uh, you know you're just you're naive right you right. don't you don't know it's like nutrition it's funny it's like nutrition makes a difference really <laughs> um but i will say it makes a huge impact and it's and it is a differentiator when you want to go say from 11% body fat as a male down to say you know 5 6% body fat now we're talking about managing calories. We have to be in a caloric deficit. But, I mean, with hard training, you can burn the fat off your body. Hmm. Um, again, very few people will agree with me right now because they haven't experienced it firsthand. I just posted uh, a six-week transformation on my coach's uh, Facebook fan page. His handles Hypertrophy Coach. And I was in Tampa with um, virtually no sleep because I got a newborn and – my diet was horrendous. I pretty much blow it for six weeks when we're in Tampa because they've got the best restaurants and I don't really manage anything. So I just kind of eat what I want all the time. But I trained five times a week with the trainer. He pushed me. My workouts were, I would say, like 9.5 to 10 out of 10 every single time. Hmm. And, and it was because he got it out of me because, you know, having a trainer, you're never going to get a better workout by yourself than you will with a trainer who knows what they're doing. Um, so, we were able to prove my body fat dropped and I gained a bit of muscle through that process. So we showed the power of training alone. Now, I will say for me to continue getting leaner, I'm going to have to smarten up and get my diet dialed in. I got to start measuring calories, macros and everything too. But what I'm just trying to do is I'm trying to open up people's minds to understand the power of training. It all starts in the gym. What you do or not do in the gym demands uh, is going to dictate, you know, your appetite and whether you you, you need to eat enough, you eat enough to you know build muscle or if um, you know um, you set up the stimulus to lose fat and all that stuff. So it all starts in the gym, and I think that's where most people are going wrong. They're putting more emphasis on nutrition than they are training, and uh, and training has so much power when things are done properly. And, and that's a good point to reiterate is when things are done properly because uh, like we've been talking about, it's there's a difference if you're going to the gym and just momentuming the weight ups and kind of going through it. And then nutrition is definitely important. But what you're talking about is smart, specific, intentional training that's uh, eight, nine out of ten consistently. You can kind of get away with a little more on the diet aspect, correct? That's what I'm saying, yeah. And up until a certain point, when you want to start getting like ultra, ultra lean, when you want like, you know, your abs fully popping and you want to start seeing striations on your shoulders and on your lower abdomen and you want veins popping on your arms and that absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, it's not happening with tra- training alone. Yeah. Uh, so, so I want to make sure people don't just look for an opportunity to take what I said out of context. Well, I like what you're saying about the emphasis of training because I think it goes for mental clarity too. Like a lot of people are out there eating proper nutrition and they're eliminating gluten and dairy and they're doing probiotics and all the stuff we talk about on this show. And they're like, well, you know, it helps my mental clarity. And I'm like, so does going to the gym. I mean, you can't deny that when you walk out of the gym, you feel like a different person for the rest of the day. It's not just that hour. It's, it's, It's literally your days are completely different. And, and so you get that mental boost as well from the gym. And, and I've had days, this is my little rant, Vince. I've had days where I've eaten a perfect diet and kind of not felt 100%. And then I've had days where I've gone to the gym and ate a totally crap diet. And mentally, I'm talking about, felt great. I felt amazing. It was awesome. I had this energy. So I think training is important with that as well. I don't know if you have any uh, comments or experience with that. All I'm saying is that when you start training truly hard and, 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 and this is the thing, I'm not trying to sell anybody on anything right here, but like when you actually work with someone who can get 
you know, 10 to 15% more out of you on a regular basis, you will start seeing the power of training and you will start seeing why certain guys can have crappy diets and still look phenomenal. So Vince, uh, a lot of people listening are in the fitness industry or they want to break into it. And I know we we're coming up on time, uh, but you've done a phenomenal job building your fitness business and uh, I'm sure there was a huge learning curve. So I'm just I, I, transitioning now into kind of maybe some tips for people out there looking to build their fitness following online uh, or or either in the gym, however you want to take this. What are kind of some lessons you've learned being in the business? Oh, that's a g- great, great question. So, um, you know, I have a seminar that I do now. It's called Zero to Six Figure Formula. It's a two-day seminar, and there's six steps to uh, building a six-figure business in less than six months. And, um, and I'll just give people the first thing that I teach. Step one is narrowing your – sorry, nailing nailing your narrow niche. So it's very, the first step is to get very clear on who you're helping. I mean your, your podcast is a great example, Palio Hacks. I mean right away, if you're not in a Palio, you're not going to be listening to your podcast. Yeah. So, so you're doubling down on the paleo world. Same thing that I'm doing with the skinny guy world. I'm not trying to sell to CrossFitters. I'm not trying to you say, hey, come learn body weight for me. I'm not you know, um, saying, hey, learn fat loss for me. I'm the, the guy who helps skinny guys build muscle. And you know, there's a little saying in business, when you polarize, you monetize. Hmm. So I think that's the first problem. Guys are afraid to get – I don't know if they're afraid but – the, main, the the problem I see all the time is that it's like, who's this for? Like, who are you talking to? Uh, I know who I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to skinny guys who want to build muscle without drugs, without bogus supplements, and in less time. They want to do. They want to train hard, but they want to train smarter. They understand that that's the formula for building faster. So I'm very clear on who my message is for. So that's the first thing. It's like being able to say, you know, just really getting clear on who your niche is. Um, you know, that would be step one. I mean, I could keep going. I could literally, like I, like I said, I talked for a full two days on this, on this stuff. So, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's great right there because what you're saying is maybe for the person who runs something online or is thinking about breaking into the online business, it's not enough to just come out and say, Hey, I'm a fitness guy or Hey, I run a diet blog or Hey, I, I like holistic health. You gotta, yeah. you gotta take it a step further. You got to specialize. You got to specialize and you have to be a true expert in at least one thing. Um, people are looking for experts these days, not generalists. Hmm. So, yeah, it comes down a little, you know, I'll give you guys a little bit more of a for, of the formula uh, with this first step one. I first ask guys, you know, what's your passion? What could you do the rest of your life for free? Another great way to say this is like, what would you do if you knew you were guaranteed to fail? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty deadly question, eh? Yeah. You're guaranteed to fail. So what are you going to do? You might as well do what you love, right? So so here's the thing. Um, for me, my passion is helping skinny guys. It was it was really – it was. I mean I had a couple other things. That was actually an interesting process because I was more passionate about this. Um, and then the next thing is, is, okay, so you're passionate about that. I'm passionate about watching you know, Donald Trump on TV, but that doesn't mean I should start a website on, on you know, <laughs> Donald Trump or something. So the next thing is, is what are you credible on? Like where's your true credibility? Like legitimate, legit credibility. You know, where have you written? Who have you speaking to? What do your friends say? Dude, you know this better than everybody. And a lot of my, peop- my, a lot of my friends were saying, Vince, you know how to help skinny guys build muscle. I'm not good at a lot of stuff, Clark. I'm really not. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a specialist. I, I do a few things very, very well. But I mean, I know nothing about sports. Um, you know, I haven't watched. Uh, I haven't watched the. Um, I go on and on. I don't know nothing about politics. Although, I like watching Donald Trump, like, I'm. I'm just very kind of like. Like Rocky says, I kind of got a punchy brain yeah. <laughs> in a lot of areas in life. But when it comes to business, when it comes to helping skinny guys build muscle, those are two things I'm very, very good at. So, you know, where's your credibility? Um, and then I'll, and I'll give you guys one more, you know, where is there what I call uh, the, um, where is there a ravenous marketplace? Where is there a ravenous marketplace? So, so where are there people in a lot of pain? You know, where are people looking for solutions? 
I mean, the three biggest markets in the world these days are weight loss, dating, and real estate. So hmm. if you start a business in yeah. one of those areas, there's a ravenous marketplace. Skinny guys, there will always be guys who want to build muscle. So, so you want to have, you want to be in a marketplace where there's people who are in pain. They have pain that's so deep it's keeping them up late at night, like literally, and they're looking for solutions, and that's good. Um, you know, there's a lot of different types of marketplaces. There's one, there's the marketplace that I would call like the slight edge. I think that might be kind of the category you're in. Like, um, they're, you know, they're looking for hacks. You know, they're looking for ways to get an edge. Um, a great example of this would be the golfer's market. Like these guys will spend a fortune on things that will take one stroke off their swing. <laughs> yeah. That's a good market to be in because that, they, that's what they want. So, so you have to look at, is there a marketplace for what I've got? If there's other people selling a similar thing, I look at, I look at that as a good thing because there's people profiting. If people say, hey, I got this idea. Nobody's doing this right now. That right now is probably more of a red flag than anything. Hmm. Now, sure, there's like certain ideas that just no one's really exploited yet. But um, typically, you know, there's a lot of people buying muscle building products out there. So, you know, this was a good marketplace for me because I'm passionate about it. I'm credible. And then the last thing is you've got to have something unique. You know, you've got to bring something special to the table. Like you said, you just can't be, you can't compete on sexy. Uh, You can't compete on I'm stronger than everybody. You can't compete on I'm smarter than everybody. You have to have something unique. Like what are you talking about? What's different about your message than everybody else? You know, why do you deserve people's attention and time and, and, um, and that's the that's the challenging one, and that's kind of what we help, I help guys with at the seminar because it's just really a series of questions I ask to get it out of them, and um, because everyone does have something unique, they just don't think it's unique hmm. because they've been doing it for so long. But you know, how do you go about getting results? What's so special about the way that you build muscle, Vince? Why should of all the guys online, you're not the biggest, you're not the strongest, you're not the most ripped, you're not the sexiest guy. Yet, I'm beating out tons of guys who are bigger than me, stronger than me, leaner than me. How am I crushing these guys? I've got businesses. I got a business that's 10 times the size of most of these guys who've got all these things. But that's, see, that's just a small piece of the puzzle. They've got the credibility piece, but they're not bringing something unique that's, you know, they're not bringing something unique to the table. They're saying the same old, same old. And, and that's a, and that's the big piece. When you bring all four of those things to the table, now you've got a foundation, you've got substance to build a business. And those are some of the things my coach taught me early on. And, uh, you know, I'll just repeat them again. You've got to figure out what you're passionate about. You've got to be credible. You've got to ensure there's a ravenous marketplace. And then you've got to ensure you're bringing something unique to the table with, and I'm talking about like not just your message, but also like your program, like the thing you're going to sell. Like if you're going to make a business, it's got to make money. You've got to sell people something. So what are you selling that's so special? And you've got to learn how to market that. If you don't know how to market, then you're doing the whole marketplace a disservice because no one's going to find out about it. So uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So uh it's you know have to make it your ethical duty to become a very very good marketer using ethical business practices and be relentless and just really ensure that what you're doing is something you truly truly love because it's tough it's tough out there you know um, especially now with social media like you said there's so much noise now so right. it's like you can certainly stand out I'm watching guys like build seven eight, seven eight figure businesses like within one to two years who are executing this formula who've come out of nowhere. Um, so there's certainly more than enough for everybody. I will absolutely say that without a shadow of a doubt, but, um, you know, it requires a very, um, requires a number of things, you know? Yeah. Vince, man, great information today. That was a, that was a fun call. One of my favorites for sure. There's a lot of different areas. Um, really appreciated you coming on and sharing that with us. Where can people go now? Um, I guess since the book's not out, is, is that coming out later this year? Um, I think it's coming out October 18th, 2016. Okay. So kind of a ways away. Yeah. Um, so the best place to go would be your, your website. Yeah. Uh, Vince Delmonte fitness.com is the way to join my newsletter and that's where all the fun stuff happens. So, uh, you know, you'll come into my world and you get, you know, tons of value and, uh, that's the best way to, um, you know, get on my newsletter list. I've got a 
a big YouTube channel. So, you know, that's where I put up all my free content. Uh, I, I'm concentrating this year. One of my goals, Clark, this year is to get the YouTube channel to a million subscribers. And uh, we're starting to see that that's no easy f- task. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but, you know, if you want to kind of see how I'm trying to go about growing, um, with quality, not quantity. I don't believe all clicks are created equal. I mean, you could have a huge channel if you're the type of guy that stirs up controversy and knows how to take a baseball bat to everything. Sure. But that's not the kind of person who's going to kind of, you know, take out their credit card and and, and invest in you and, and really come along for the journey. So we're trying to attract high quality people. So we put out high quality content and we're doing some cool things. So uh, I would tell people to just tune into the YouTube channel and uh, join the newsletter. Uh, both those things are free and that's a, a good place to start. Awesome stuff, Vince. Really appreciated this call, man. Um, Got to get you back on to talk about your book in October. Oh, dude, that would be awesome because, yeah, I haven't even figured out that whole promotion plan yet. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously. you're welcome back anytime, man. You got an open door. So this was killer. Great, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Man, really good info on that one, right? Uh, the muscle building tips kind of blow your mind when you realize that it's absolutely true. Your, your brain has no clue how much weight you're lifting and only responds to the amount of tension you apply to it. And uh, there's some really cool tips with, uh, what was that, DTS, damage, tension, and stress. Kind of training smarter, not harder. I, uh, I'm definitely going to incorporate some of that stuff into my training protocols as well. Paleohacks.com, guys. That's the best place to go for articles, recipes, and blogs. Find all our archives over there. If you've missed a show on Paleo Hacks, you can head over there now, and uh, all our archives are up there for free. I don't know if we'll keep them up there that much longer for free. We might turn them into a a product or something, so you can go over there, download them all now, um, and kind of listen to them whenever you want. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at Clark at clarkdanger.com. Head on over there. The 11 questions change your life is a free ebook I put out with the best 11 questions I've ever found, answered, and used with the people I work with. 100% free. Just head over there to clarkdanger.com. All right, that is it. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Until next time, have a great week. I'll see you next Thursday. 